seconds of the game. St George, Illawarra to the death, trying. Brown goes to the air. Going back is Mabel. Oh, sleeping high and taking it in marvellous fashion with Rod Wishart. He has scored an incredible try and ties this small game up. Bartram from 18 metres out. He strikes it nicely. St George Illawarra win for the first time in their Premiership line. Here's Nathan Blacklock down the sideline. Chipping over the top of John Kane. Got a red surface bounce to win the game for the Dragons and book himself a New South Wales Blues origin jumper. Oh, I'm not even a Dragons fan and every single week that gets me pumped up. Episode 170 of the Red V podcast. We're here for another week. Your host, Curtis Woodward, and, drumroll, I've got my co-host back for the, the time being anyway. It's the man from the Rugby League roast, the great man Dean Messiter, who obviously is a Dragons fan himself, of course. The, the mighty Jack Clifton is still overseas. I see from Facebook his last post from a couple of days ago. He was over in Estonia, so having the time of his life, Jack, uh, with his bride. So um, I do have the co- uh, co-host back this week, episode 170. Plenty to get through, but good evening, Dino. We are recording at 7.37 to start the show tonight on a Tuesday. So much to get through. Dragons fans up in arms, as usual. You can't blame him. Welcome back, Dean. I'm actually surprised you you asked me back, Curse, uh, because uh, uh, Jack mentioned the numbers and it was uh, skyrocketing after you did your solo performance last week. So, no, but I am uh, happy to, happy to be back, mate. Happy to be talking uh, some footy. Uh, unfortunately, it's after a loss, but mm. uh, we'll get into it. But uh, glad to be back and and thanks for the fans. Thanks to everyone actually too for reaching out. There's been a couple of good comments about. Um, myself on the podcast. So I really appreciate that too. So uh, thanks for the feedback and uh, mate, good to be back. Now, the other the other week, I don't know if you saw this, Dino, and, and of course on social media, people can take things the wrong way. But when someone said, oh, you got to make Dino a, a full-time member of the, the podcast, that wasn't me just saying, well, I quit because I don't like Dean. I meant, <laughs> I, I, I think, like I was just immediately thinking, well, I'm the West Tigers nuffy. What am I doing here anyway? So uh, no, look, if it ends up being a, uh, a, a, a I was going to say threesome then, but a, a tripod, if you like, of, of the podcast, I'm sure Jack's got the, uh, the the equipment or the technology to make that happen. We can we, we can sort that out when Jack gets back, but he is the boss, of course. So what Jack says goes, but uh, uh, yeah, uh, some positive stuff from Jack too. Um, you, know, uh, you know, he slid it into our inboxes too, and, and he's pretty happy with how it's going. And, and I can tell you, Dean, that I'm sure from some of the conversations I had with Jack before he left, he was a, a little bit, um, I guess it's your, your baby, right? And you're living in someone else's hands. But, um, you know, Jack being the Dragons fan at the time, he actually said, you know, I could put it on hiatus until I come back, but that wouldn't be the right thing to do. And and handed it over to me. And, and you know, the first preference was, of course, you, because we've been speaking about you for, for a little while as a Dragons fan too. So good to have you back on episode 170, mate, of the Red V Podcast, Dean. And so much to talk about. Uh, like we said, news and updates. Uh, we have a review of uh, another loss for the Dragons. They lost to the, the Canberra Raiders, twenty to fourteen. A very Dragons-like performance. And and Dean, you'd you'd remember the North Sydney Bears. There's an old saying with the Bears: they they stole defeat from the the jaws of victory. And I feel like the Dragons do that more times than not. Um, compared to I don't know the stats in front of me, but they just find ways to lose games. I don't want to get into too much detail about it now, but. Uh, really quickly, just you know, uh, just a, a couple of 
thoughts really quickly on, on what happened on the weekend without stealing too much thunder from the match review? Yeah, look, I think you hit the nail on the head saying it was such a Dragons performance that, you know, we, we hold in there right at the end and, and then let it go. Um, having right there, you know, right there for the taking. And mm. um, yeah, we will get more into it in the uh, in the review. But, yeah, the first half was a bit disappointing. The whole game was really disappointing. And then you look at it and you go, shit, we only lost by six points. We really could have, you know, easily won that by, yep. by a lot. But, um, yeah, look, disappointing again. But uh, we'll get into it a bit more. All right, so also tonight we, of course, have the Anzac Day preview, the blockbuster against the Roosters at the Sydney Football Stadium, now known as Allianz. We'll get to that very soon. Your fan corner questions, and I've got to say, some of the questions this week, some really in-depth, insightful questions. We'll get it to them uh, a little bit later. And for the first time, because of last week, uh, I threw it out to the fans and had some fan corner questions throughout the show, so I didn't feel so lonely. Uh, and But we've got a, uh, a special fan who am I this week so we'll get to that soon um and then uh he slid into twitter this week his name is um oh, i've got it right in front of me where was it gone that's what i get david white what am i doing david thank you so much for your uh fan who are my question tonight and he actually asked me he said do you know who it is without cheating and i have not looked it up and i didn't have it off the top of my head so uh, because i don't know it dean by all means tonight Go crazy on Google when we when we hit that. <laughs> All right, right yeah. Okay, I'll, so let's I'll, get into it. You, you won't hear me. You won't hear me typing. <laughs> it is episode one seventy of the Red V Podcast with Curtis Woodward and Dean Messeda. Let's get into it. It's the news and updates. Yeah, trying to get, trying to get some information at the moment on the scheduled board meeting today with the the Dragons. I know some people in the media. A little bit loose in, in, in the way they, they, they said that the, the Dragons had a board meeting and they were going to discuss sacking Anthony Griffin and they're going to put some people forward. It was a scheduled board meeting, uh, and, and I think Jack has touched on this before on this very podcast. Um, some people, you know, uh, you know they, they might get a little, a little bit excited when they, when they think there might be some change at the club, but this definitely was a scheduled board meeting. Um, yes, they are proactively trying to find the best candidate moving forward, like I said, it was always scheduled for um, the 18th of April. Lots of chatter. Um, I, I, I've been saying on this podcast, Dean, I, I like Jason Rolls for the job, but but also hearing too that that it's almost a fait accompli that he will be the new Melbourne Storm coach um, when Craig Bellamy finally decides to hang up uh, his coaching hat, whatever that might be. He might turn around and say, oh, my coach for another thousand years. But uh, Jason Riles, a great coach in the making. If that's the case and he is off um, to the Melbourne Storm, uh, there's not many other options out there. And and someone else mentioned somewhere on a, on a different uh, platform, and it might have been Triple M, I can't remember where I heard it over the weekend, someone saying about Des Hasler with Ben Hornby as his understudy for two years, a little bit like what Tim Sheens is doing with Benji Marshall, the deal there. I'm not sure that's the same situation, Dean. Des Hasler has no links to the Dragons Club, and and knowing from the outside what what type of bloke Des Hasler is, if he gets another coaching job, he's chasing premiership rings. He doesn't care about Ben Hornby. With all due respect to Des Hasler, you know he might know Ben Hornby, and and most people think Ben Hornby's a, a pretty good bloke and a potential first grade coach moving forward. But if you're Des Hasler, are you taking the Dragons coach coaching role? Uh, purely 
to take the gig and, and get Ben Hornby ready for first grade? Or if you're Des Hasler, are you saying, no, I want the job because I want to win premierships? It's a, it's a tough one. Like, is he going to come in, you know, and like use it as a bit of an audition to get another job somewhere else? It's, it's you know, how much actual coaching is he going to help Ben Hornby with? Does he look at it and go, it's too complicated uh, it's too much of a shit fight to come in and he's not going to really get success. So after two years, yeah, sure, Ben Hornby might be better off with it, but, you know, he's not. So I don't see it as a viable option. I don't see, if I'm Hasler, I don't see that as something I really want to tackle. Mm. Um, does he, does he want to do I, that I wanna at go, this time of his life? Yeah, I'm looking at going into a club that's at least well set up. Um, we're still a couple of years away from a premiership, right? Mm. Easily. So he's he's not going to want to come in in two years. He's not going to win a premiership unless a miracle in, in the second year. But so for me, I, I think at his age, he's looking at going to a club that's um, at least a bit more well set up, um, is challenging, and he can put his stamp on it and take that just that next step. So no, I, if I'm Hazel, I'm not looking at the Dragons. No, not if they come to him and say, look, we really like you, Des. We, we appreciate what you've done in the game. We want you to come and be a head coach, but but we also want you to babysit Ben Hornby and look at the future. Like, this has us not yeah, surely not. That, that's, yeah, you're not going to look at it as, okay, I'm only going to be here for a couple of years and then an understudy is going to take over. He wants to come in and take over and he's going to be there when he, wanting to be contending for premierships in the next five years, right? Mm. He, that's that's his plan. He, he does not want to come in to anywhere to just coach someone else to take over. Absolutely. Because that's, you know, especially a club like, we are at the moment. He, he, it's not. It's not going to be a good look at the end for him. Curtis and Dean on episode one seventy of the Red V podcast. We move on on news and updates, and uh, I, I've got to throw this in here. Sometimes uh, we do the team list on its own, but I, I think this th- this is truly in, in the top couple of things in the news and updates for this podcast as we record on Tuesday night. The Dragons announced their side for Anzac Day, and directly from the club, one forced change. Sue was out with a shoulder, and Ben Murdoch Masilla is back into the team. Moga holds his spot on the wing. No Sullivan. Moses Umbai starting again. Your thoughts? I was actually coming in to blow up about the dropping of Jaden Sue. I thought he was like dropped, not uh, it was forced. Oh, well, he could a, be dropped. Shul- he could be a shoulder injury. He could be dropped. I don't know, but a lot of clubs do that these days, where they say, "Yeah, someone needs a few weeks off," but yeah. I... I think what I'm trying to get at here, Dean, um, as a Dragons fan and seeing some of the reaction um, from people on social oh, oh, media, what's say, going on? What's going on with the team? Yeah, look, I read it as uh, from directly from the NRL website that uh, Ben Murdoch and Silla comes back in and Jaden Sue is the man to make way. Yeah. So I don't know, like, if he's injured, fair enough, but if he's the one dropped, like, I'll, I'll point to one specific incident of... Hudson Young tearing away to score his try. Yeah. If you look at that and the effort, these one percenters that we talk about, Jaden Sue is there. He's the one chasing along at the end. And if you look at a lot of other players, A, they don't even make the effort or give up very, very quickly where Jaden Sue probably knew he's not going to make it, but he's going to put in the effort. Mm. Um, and you look at his stats over the last few weeks, I'm, you know, he's been a, a great player for us. I don't think he should be dropped. Mm. So I'm hoping it's injury. If, if it's dropped because of form or he wants to change something whatever I, I don't like it but um, you look at like the team last week when you, you heard the issue of 
Jake Little and uh, Moses Zembai right before the, the start of the game with um, the mix-up with the team list. Mm-hmm. And I think that's still being investigated on, you know, whether we're going to get a fine or, or whatever. And it just shows you know, pure incompetence. Like, what are we trying to do? Like, making that change right before. Like, we should know what we're doing, uh, you know, the captain's run and have our team list sorted well before an hour before the game, as far as I'm concerned. Like, these... Uh, Again, we're making no changes. We're not bringing anyone in, uh, you know, apart from this forced change, like you said. But, you know, to me, that's not a key change that we need to be making. No, I, I, and, and I think, I mean, the the proof is in the pudding with Anthony Griffin. He doesn't like changing his team at the, at the worst of times. So, that yeah, I, I guess you make a good point. Jaden Sewer must be injured because it, it, would, it, it would take a lot for Anthony Griffin to change his team. Funnily enough, the, the next point in news and updates on episode 170 of the Red V podcast is the bungle with the team selection, which you just brought up, Dean. Uh, funnily enough, I was on my way back home. I was, I was, I think I was at the butcher. I was just about to jump out of the car on Sunday afternoon. I was trying to race back to get to the start of the game, and, and I just heard, uh, obviously, I, I saw during the week that Little was named to start, and then, it, you know, just before kickoff, the, the final team's in. Jacob Little starting. Everything's good. And then I think it was on Triple M, Dan Ganane and that calling from the studio there in Sydney kind of just out of nowhere went, is that Umbai on the field? And then they confirmed that Umbai was actually starting the game. I couldn't work it out to start with. And I had to double check the Dragons side that they submitted just before kickoff and it was Jacob Little to start. So to me, from what that looks like, is that I I don't think they were trying to be cheeky. I, I think that just before kickoff, I think, someone's gone to Griffin and Griffin's because Griffin obviously would know who he's starting so whether it's the the, the team manager or someone there someone's stuffed up somewhere because that they, they should be fined um, evidently during the game the Raiders only used seven interchanges so by the letter of the law the Dragons had already used a sub before the game started so technically they used nine subs to the Raiders seven for the game and still lost uh, they still got their full complement during the game, so so that's what I mean. So they got their eight plus the the the, the dubious one before kickoff. I, how do, how do you get that wrong in twenty twenty three? Like I don't, I'm, I'm gonna ask you that, but also at the end of the day, it's still a little bit prehistoric how you confirm your team. You you've still got to write down your your team list and you submit it to the NRL. Someone picks it up and they go and hand it to the NRL in, in up in their 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 box or whatever. Who okay? So hypothetically, who do you think stuffed up here? And was Griffin always starting on by? Like, and, and if he was, how is that? How is that? Can you understand the rationale of starting on by again? No, I can't. We've spoken about it multiple times on this podcast that um, we don't think he should be starting. We think you know Jake Little is is the better player out of the two easily. So um, I, I don't understand it. Like, what? How how do you not know? Come captain's run what your team is and what you set in a change like obviously things change you know 10 15 minutes into a game there's an injury or whatever um we understand that but before the game you know what you're what you're doing so unless something happened in the warm-up that you think you know oh you know i've seen this and i wanted to change but there's obviously been a communication error um there would be the, the coach's decision on this and he would pass it on to you know an assistant coach and that would be passed on to uh the nrl or whoever does all that there'd be communication along the line and that's where it's broken down so whether it's 
between the head coach and the assistant coach or, you know, the, the players, I don't know, but there's communication error there and it starts from the top. You have to go straight to the top with the head coach. Like he should be knowing what's, what's happening um, from beginning to end. So you got to start there and, and, and hit him. I saw Herb, he's a, a commentator. He, he uh, sends us some questions and stuff and interacts with us on, on Twitter. He tweeted, you know, Dragons burning an interchange straight away in order to start and by I have a little peak incompetence, peak Dragons. And that sums it up, really. Um, we, you know, it just shows where the club's at and we shouldn't be making these little errors. Um, but, oh, look, I don't know. We're still investigating. There, there may be mm. no error. There, there may have got it in in time and it's just all a bit of media. But to me, it's it shows there's some serious communication errors. Um, and, you know, like I said, it starts from the top. Yeah, look, I'm just trying to picture this in my head. I, to me, I, I think at some point Griffin has told someone there that there is a change and it's just, it's been lost down the line somewhere. Um, but anyway, we move on and news and updates. Where this is related to the Dragons, but I've got to bring this up now. We talk about the Dragons and the fact that Anthony Griffin and the, the team just won't won't budge. That This is their team. This is their 17 um, we'll get to Amon and Sullivan a little bit later as well. But their competition next week, next Tuesday on Anzac Day, the old foes on Anzac Day anyway, the Sydney Roosters. On the other hand, when you look at everything that happens at the Dragons or the, the lack of what's happening at the Dragons, the Roosters, after back-to-back losses, have dumped Sam Walker, their halfback of the future for the next decade, blah, blah, blah. The Roosters, you know, they, they've... Backed into the hilt and said he's their halfback. They've dropped Sam Walker after two week two losses, which is interesting because in one way I feel like he's a bit of a scapegoat because last week against the Sharks I didn't see Tedesco or Manu do much. Anyway, Walker's the guy that that drops out. But does that show a difference between the two sides and and how the the mindset of how they play or the mindset of how good they need to be week to week? where the Roosters can turn around and say, yeah, we've had a, a pretty up-and-down start to the season. We're going to drop Sam Walker from our side, change the team, where you look at the Dragons again, and Dragons fans are saying, well, why can't we do the same thing? Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how, like, I don't know, this is Dragons, but we're talking about Sam Walker, how he bounces back from this as well. Um, whether this, you know, we, we've seen uh, certain players, and it's been spoken about plenty in the... Um, in the media by ex-players that sometimes these young players, when they get dumped and they throw the toys out of the cot and we've seen it um, around our club that, you know, it'd be interesting to see how he bounces back to that. And I think it's a, it's a good choice from, from Trent. It shows, it shows leadership and it shows a strong club that um, yeah, we, we have a star of the future, but you're not performing. We're going to, we're going to put you back and it's bloody dangerous for the dragons because mm. now we've got Manu and six and, um, you know all those all those outside backs, which is just terrifying. I remember when they uh, he played his last time at six and uh, you know tore us apart. So not looking forward to that. Um, I wish they sort of did keep Sandy Walker there, but um, yeah, look, it's the big difference between the clubs. They're willing to make those big calls. I know it's, I suppose it's not that big of a call because he's a young player. He's mm. plenty of football ahead of him, and it, it could do him good to go back and get that confidence and come back up. Um, you know, I think I looked, he had like eight missed tackles last week and he was praised a bit early for his um, defense at the start of the season where he only missed a couple of tackles. But 
the eight last week was almost the same amount as he's made the the five weeks prior. So uh, I think it's a strong call by by trying to show you know this is, we don't accept that at our club even after two losses. And then you look at us and we're producing the same squad from almost round one. So uh, we're, we're two and four. So yeah. I would love to see a little bit more of you know let's make some changes because you know what we what we're doing last week where uh, we're getting doing the review but. You know, it's not working. So we need to we need to make some changes. Yeah, just really quickly on that too. It, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, for the Dragons, uh, in a positive, it's one less uh, attacking kicker they have to worry about. But also, I think the Roosters, if if they do get up and play good football, it'll be straight to the middle, and that will be a teaching lesson for how the Dragons should be playing with someone like Sloan. Um, I know Manu's five eight, but he will get a lot of action through the middle as. Well, that uh, finishes up news and updates for episode 170 of the Red Bee podcast with Curtis Woodward and Dean Messeter. Jack Clifton is overseas in Europe. He will be back soon. Don't worry about that. Big Jack will be back soon. But before we finish news and updates for episode 170, let's get to the first, I'm going to say first ever, but maybe Jack's done this before. The first ever, I'm going to say it anyway, the first ever fan who am I question. It comes from David White. And get ready for your Google machine, Dino, but keep it for later just in case uh, people out there want to have a crack at it as well. So this is from David. Born in 1949. He was graded in 1969. So this is the the, uh, original St. George Dragons Club. Played four seasons of New South Wales Rugby League as a lock. uh, Between 70 and 72. 14 games with the Dragons. Scored three tries. He also played in 73. One game for the Magpies before retiring because of a head injury at the start of 74 in a trial match. His claim to fame is one of his games was the 71 grand final. That might give it away. And one of his tries was the Dragons' second try in that game to bring the Dragons back to 11-10 before South won 16-10. So, for you Dragons historians out there, unlike myself, as a neutral, and uh, I don't know how far back you're your memory goes, Dino, or your history goes, or your education on the old, old St. George Dragons. Uh, but there you go. That's the um, that's the fan who am I question for this week. That's a good one. That's a, that's a good one. So we'll leave that. And, Dean, I, I'll give you a chance to do some investigation on uh, <laughs> online. That's a, that's a tough one. That, like that's, a be- uh, that, that's tough. It's tough. That's good. I mean, as soon as you start going... I don't know, nearly 40 years before I was born. Yeah. Uh, a, player, a player born, you know, 40 years before I was born. It's a bit tough, but um, no, it's a good one. I'll, I'll have a think about it. I'll do some research. Oh, uh, but yeah. on, on that, I, I do have something I just want to add. I thought it's a good part, a bit, bit of fan Go for it. Um, trivia or uh, a, a sort of a what if. You know, I know if you watch uh, the Marvels, like what if, if, if this happened and, and things like that. There's a bit of a sliding doors moment. Um, I, I, over the weekend, I, uh, I listened to, and Joel Kane. He's spoken about when he was he was up and coming about wanted to be signed by a club. He he went for a trial and uh, he got picked up by the Dragons, and they brought him in for uh, video sessions after he wasn't really performing a training. And they, they showed him video of his trial and said, you know, how can we get this player back? And he goes, well, that's impossible because that was Denny Badiris. And so they'd signed they'd signed Joel Kane thinking he was Danny Badiris. and and Danny 
by all reports, wanted to, he was a fan of the Dragons, wanted to come play for the Dragons. So missed, missed the boat on Danny Badiris. Uh, uh, I'm not sure if he was Clive Churchill, but he was like Dally M, you know, hooker of the year. Might have won Dally M as well. Golden uh, but yeah, Gold boot, yeah, premiership. He, he won, you know, played Australia, New South Wales. A great player, great hooker. Um, missed out on him, but we could have had him, you know, instead of Joel Kane, Joel's great bloke, but um, Danny was a better footballer. He'll admit that. Could have had him in the early 2000s, but then I heard on Bloke and Bar podcast that Jonathan Thurston wanted to come and play when he was 18, wanted to come from Queensland and come down and play uh, at Wollongong with the Dragons. He got called up and said, um, we want you to come play for the Dragons. He wanted to come here and his mum, now with all due respect um, uh, to Jonathan Thurston's mum, but she can get stuffed because she told him, (laughs) you're not going to Wollongong. If you're going (laughs) to Sydney or you're going to Sydney and you're going to live near your manager, which was in Strathfield, and that's how he got picked up with the Bulldogs. Um, so we missed the, the Dragons missed out on, on Jonathan Thurston in the early 2000s. Now I'm thinking, uh, what if we had Jonathan Thurston, Danny Badiris with that early 2000s, mid 2000s, late 2000s squad of including, you know, Trent Barrett, Luke Bailey, Ben Hornby, um, uh, Jason Riles, mm. you know, these host of players that we had along with Danny Badiris and Jonathan Thurston, we made like, you know, finals, prelim finals throughout that period. I'm thinking of how much success we've missed out on of these two players because yeah. it would have been massive in my opinion. So I'd just like to throw it out there to the, the guys. A, a what if, you know, what would you see happening in the 2000s? What could have changed in that era if, if the Dragons had both Danny Badiris and Jonathan Thurston in the squad? Very, very interesting. And, 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 like I said off air when, when you, you brought that up, is um, the Dragons, through that really, really good period, they kind of swapped and chopped and changed their their hookers and even their halves as well. I, I remember Matthew Head was a fantastic halfback that had real dramas with, with injury and, and whatnot. Don't think the Dragons would have been under the salary cap by that point if um if they kept Adiris and Thurston through that, that period, but what a team that would have been. I mean, seriously, that, that too that, like that, know, that's dra- be, that's dragon sombrero right there. Yeah, hundred percent. Like you got a future immortal. Um, you know, obviously, like they, they, you know, we're we're talking what ifs. Uh, if he comes to us, he might not have the career he, he had, but he was destined for for Queensland at a very young age. Um, and I just think you know it would have been, uh, I would have been a lot happier during those two thousands. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Let's not talk about 2005 then, mate. As a, uh, oh, no, no. that's what I think. That's the first thing I thought of when, you know, 2005 prelim, where our team then was talked about all through the year. This is mm. the team to beat. The Dragons are the team to beat. And, yeah, it was a great um, – he, he could have featured in a grand final winning team instead of a losing team if he come to us. But all due to uh, JT's mum. Thanks, mum. <laughs> I don't know if you heard me scribbling then, but uh... – one of the things during the podcast is that um, Tepra's just um, she thinks that we're on video, Dean. So she's just, she's crawled in with a beer for me. I think we're on video. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tepra. Hey, I will say I will say when yeah. we, we used to when we used to do the the wrestling podcast and we had video on and and your wife did walk in yeah. thinking she would could be seen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had to quickly close my eyes because um, 
yeah, let's just say she probably shouldn't have been on camera when she walked in. Oh, <laughs> yeah, she yeah, she likes to walk around with a pop off. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say before that as well. Um, I, like every um podcast uh, for the Red V podcast while Jack's away, you, you, I, I try to think of a a good quote uh, quote from the podcast, and it's hard sometimes when you finish it. You got to have a, a bit of adrenaline going, and you just want to submit it and, and post it on Podbean all that stuff. But I was just scribbling down now, and this potentially could be the, the title for episode 170. With all respect to Jonathan Thurston's mum, but she can go and get stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> well, that might be That's it. a good, good headline. Good headline. All right, let's move on. Uh, let's move on. Next up is the game review. Raiders 20, St. George Illawarra 14. That's next up on episode 170 of the Red V Podcast. As we just touched on, and it's episode 170 of the Red V Podcast with Curtis Hoodwood and the Rugby League Rose Dean Messeter. All right, let's get stuck into it. Canberra 20, the Dragons 14, crowd 13,817. Jeez, it was a, a dud start to the game for me. Um, and and in commentary, I, I think someone touched on it. It's been a long time since we saw a, a nil or start, but we've seen everything in NRL 2023. To me, Dean, it, it was a... Not a confidence-boosting start to the game. And even though the Dragons led at halftime with that try to Moga on the break, did you have any confidence or, or can you shed some light or tell me? I'm a neutral. I'm just trying to watch the game and, you know, I'm, I'm into it. But for a Dragons fan, how does it feel at halftime when you, you show up and you put in a performance like that when you're expecting so much? Did you have any confidence at halftime or were you just like, oh, well, this game, we know where this game's going? Yeah, no, zero, zero confidence halftime because you know going down to Canberra that um, that that second half could could be anything. It could, they could have put forty points on us. Um, it really could have. That first half performance gave us no like even even after that try, it was it was great. Um, but yeah, zero confidence. I, I do want to. I suppose I'll touch on a a positive. I want to I want to shout out a positive to um, instead of focusing on the negatives. Um, Moga, you know, after four something knee reconstructions, ACLs, all the horror injuries, um, I thought that game was outstanding by him. Um, you know, I think over 200 metres, a couple of tries, some tackle busts, like, you know, the stats line um, shows it as well as just his effort on the field as well. So uh, shout out to him in, you know, actually, you know, coming back after all those injuries and, and having a having a, a, a good game for, for himself. As for the team, yeah, like I said, zero confidence in that first half. There was that many that many errors from both teams. It was depressing a little bit to watch. I was actually, you know, my meme, my content um, brain was kicking in. I'm like, you know, this would be great for a nil-nil scoreline because it just shows, like, you know, how our Sunday's going. Um, and, you know, watching a game that's as, as dour as it was, but, yeah. Zero confidence for me walking in that, uh, going in the second half, even even 4 0 up. Yeah, look, I've got to talk about this too, and I tweeted this on Sunday. Uh, ben Hunt is on a million dollars a year. He's the guy. At yep. 20, 20 to 14, and, and I know I know that he does a lot of good things for the Dragons, and he has drag, kept the Dragons in games that they should have lost anyway over the last couple of years. But at 20 to 14, the, the bare minimum. For a halfback of his talent is to make the decision with three seconds to go to pass the ball out the back 
to at least Sloan or Amon or someone that can link up out there and create something? What? what how can how can you explain that? Uh, yeah, you saw, you saw Ben's face at the end of the game, or Dragons fans would have. He knew that that was the. I think I think the, he uh, did say that straight away in a um, in across the fox, but still. I, I think it's almost like okay, maybe Canberra's thinking okay, he's going to go out the back, you know, because ninety nine times out of a hundred, you, you would do that in that situation. And maybe he's like thinking, okay, I'll, I'll get over him. But surely you can see like all those you know, players right in front of him. It wasn't gonna, wasn't gonna work. But you, you need to, you need to make that decision to go out the back there. Um, you know, even I don't know, first minute of the game, that's the decision. Thirty mm-hmm. seconds to go, that's the decision. The first, first set, if you first set after a repeat set in the second half, that's the decision. So he knows, he knew it was the wrong decision straight away, and. Yeah, he, he would uh, give anything to have that one back, I reckon. Look, and, and look, I, I, I'm, math is not my strong point uh, to the point where by year 12, um, you know, weeks before the HSC, my math teacher, Mr. Katios, had me up the back table and he was just sitting next to me and we're going to the Telegraph and talking about footy. Like, he'd given up on me. So, <laughs> like, uh, honestly, like, you know, playing footy and, and English was great for me and history and stuff like that, but math, dead set. Who, who bloody needs it? But mathematically... Even if you're Ben Hunt, with five seconds to play, what are the chances? And I'll ask you this, thing, percentage-wise. I don't know how good you are with me. But percentage-wise, what's the percentage percentage chance of Kerr crashing over there when the Raiders are all over them, like a seagull on a chip, compared to opening up something and let something breathe on the open side of the field? Give me, give me a percentage chance of what you think it is Kerr scoring under the post. Or at least throwing it at the back. What what are the difference in chances there? I think even if I said one percent, I'm probably being, um, you know, overestimating, being conservative. I, I think it's yeah, it's not a, it's below one percent. Yeah, not good. Uh, not good. Not good. But not but good. that's the that's the thing. Like I, I feel bad. And back... I get I get what you're saying. Like you know, he's our man. He's the one to make these. I feel decisions. bad talking about him like that. Yeah, yeah, and well, it's just. You know, I th- you may look at the whole game and go, the whole game was a shit fight. We're just throwing things, you know, left, right and centre and nothing's working. And maybe he's just, you know, that's the frustration. There's build up of, you know, the chat and the off, you know, all these sort of things. Um, you know, I think it's just just a build up, I think. And, you know, like I said, and he even said afterwards, he would give anything to have that moment back and choose the, choose to go at the back. Yeah, look, I, and look, I, I, for a long time, fans of the Dragons and the Red V podcast have been bringing up Zach Lomax's goal kicking. And, and I think when I yep. first heard the questions, could have even been last year when Jack was was hosting and, and I was just kind of sitting back and, you know, Jack would send through the run sheet and, and um, you know, you'd answer the questions that you think Jack's going to bring up and all that kind of thing. But then when you start actually getting into it and now as, as a the, the the part-time host waiting for Jack to get back, you've kind of got to do more research. And the more and more I'm seeing from Dragons fans, it, it's making so much sense to me and it's starting to piss me off is Zach Lomax's goal kicking. It is so bad. It, to the point where, and I, I know they don't miss by much in the NRL these, these days, but it is 2023. If, if players can cons- consistently, halfbacks, 
kick field goals from 30, 40 metres out to win games, keep teams in games. Yeah. And they're slotting them. And the ball's going 20 metres past the post through the middle. And look, you know, I know rugby union players have been doing this for 30, 40 years, but now it's become such an important part of the game. I mean, they lost by six on the weekend. He yeah, three one... tries apiece, right? Yeah, he, he, he kicked one penalty goal and he missed all three conversions. Yep. And I've been hearing week and week and week in week out, Lomax is losing going to the Dragons from his kicking. This could, if this keeps going, he he could under a different coach. I'm saying, all right. So let's not go too far because it's still Anthony Griffin. But it's it's getting to the point where whatever Zach Lomax is worth on the open market, he's not going to another club. His manager cannot go to another club and say, okay, so we think Zach is worth six fifty a year over three years. And the, 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 the club's going to come back and go, what, as a goal kicker? And they're going to go, yep. And they go, well, nah, no way. He's worth 500. Yeah. Because he hasn't performed as a player on the field himself, individually, on the field. He, he's not consistent enough. So when he's missing goals as well, what is he worth to the Dragons and what would he be worth on the open market? I think uh, when you had a question maybe three, three, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, um, asking about Lomax's goal kicking, and whether you know Jamie Shepard, yeah, I can't remember her name. It was a, a, yeah. a lady. I can't remember her name though. But I'm like, since then, he'd been lucky to be 20% kicking. Mm. Um, look, I'm not sure what his what his percentage is. So it's you know it's it's been terrible. Um, but yeah, like I don't know what our options are. Like, are we better? You spoke about rugby union. Are we better off bloody getting Ben Hunter to do a. Um, drop kick from the sideline. <laughs> you know, okay. he's probably got a better chance of getting it, getting it closer because they're not just. Some of them aren't, you know, missing. Uh, what do you, you need a penalty he, goal? Which is like a lot of his kicks that he misses, he seems to shank and they barely get off the ground sometimes. Correct. Yeah, and and they just go like dead straight. So it's like, mate, you just need to aim for the post and just kick it because they don't they don't curve. They just go straight. So. They're bad misses when when he does miss. They, you, you look at him, you go, "Holy shit, that's a shank!" Mm. And but it's happening again and again. It's like, okay, are you not looking at your game and going next week? Okay, this is where I got it wrong. This is where I got to correct and and fixing it in training, or is it just, you know, you're just putting up, putting up kicks and and just hoping for the best, like like yeah. you have been doing. So, yeah, look, he's. We've only just re-signed him too, so he's mm. he's not looking at the, the open market too much. But yeah, it's been been very disappointing, um, and you know something needs to be done there. Yeah, well, look, funnily enough, uh, growing up as a kid, um, even though I was a front row or a second row or whatever, my my, my god, my favourite player was Andrew Leeds, and and a couple of times I got to go to, to to training sessions and see him. He was the first bloke there an hour before training. And he was the last bloke there that the lights would be turning off and he'd still be kicking goals. So if Lomax is not doing that, then he's he's not doing right by himself or the club if they want to keep him as first-grade goal kicker. But we need to move on. I've got something here, Dino. I, I want to play something via, uh, via Fox League YouTube channel. This is a response from Ben Hunt in the press conference. I hate presses these days. That They literally say nothing. There's, there's no point to them. But I just want to play this little snippet here. Someone asked about Ben Hunt and the performance against the Canberra Raiders on Sunday. Benny, what did you, what did you make it about that? Oh, I think Hook summed it up pretty well. 
most of the night we defended really well. We scrambled hard. They had a lot of possession in the first half. and We defended well. There was just a couple of soft tries. And... All right. That's all I want to play. Literally five seconds. So, and I've just scribbled this down before we... This is a, a late inclusion, so I'm sorry about this, Dean. It wasn't in the, the right sheet. But, but his first quote was, they had a lot of possession in the first half. When I hear that, I feel like throwing my beer can at the TV when I hear that. If a team, if the opposition has a lot of possession, it's because you're either giving away penalties, you're missing tackles, or you're letting the other team score tries. That's that, that's why the other team has the ball, because you can't keep it or you can't stop them from scoring tries. Um, he also said, in, in one sense, we defended well, and then after that he goes, but then we let in some soft tries. If you're defending well, you don't let in soft tries. This is... I feel like they're just, they're, they're just talking for the sake of it. They're, they're talking in circles. What, what do you make of that? It, it does seem like they're just throwing up the, the sort of cliched answers to get through the um, to get through the press conference. I'd, I'd love for the, uh, the journalist there in a press conference to ask a bit more, like ask, you know, almost like a follow-up, um, have the stats ready and go, you know, you say this, but, you know, and, and have something to come back and sort of challenge them because, um, yeah, I don't, I don't even listen to it. Like you, like you no said, point. I don't know that unless I wait, I wait for someone else to start talking about it and then I'll go, okay, I'll go back and listen to it myself and see if I can, you know, find something either funny or, um, you know, clip it up with, with something else and, and make a bit of a meme out of it or whatever. Mm. But these days, it's just the same cliche answers. It's it's very, very rare. Like, there are some coaches that will give you stuff and there are some players that will come out with a funny one like uh, Tyson Frizzell and Adam O'Brien over the hair-pulling, you know, incident. But it's like, you know, that's that's a minor thing as well. So, um, yeah, look, it's, it's frustrating because we as fans, we want to know... You know, we, we want to hear more. We want to, you know, have some honesty and, and tell us what you really think, not just the cliched answers to get out of a, a tough situation. We want to see, you know, he's our leader. Both our leaders are there in the press conference, our coach and our captain. And we've just coughed up one of the shite performances of the year. Mm. And, you know, we want to know why. Like, yeah, well, now we're going to get into the team review, but, um, oh, this is it, isn't it? You know, <laughs> yeah, our... Yeah. Yeah, our, our possession was terrible. Um, you know, well, how come we gave up so much ball? Like, what what's going wrong? Like, where were the errors? Was it communication? Was it, um, you know, that sort of stuff? We want answers on that. Um, and we want answers from the top people, and they're the top people there, and they're giving a shit. So, yeah, frustrating from a, yeah, from a fan. Yeah, and it doesn't make fans, sense. Yeah. And, and I looked at the stats as well, and apparently I could be wrong here, and please correct me if I'm... I am wrong here, but I had a look before we, we recorded tonight. Apparently, the Dragons had more run meters than the Raiders with less ball. So that's even worse because I don't... So I've, got a, I've got it here in front of me. I'll, I'll, I'll say it so then you can you can, go on. You can go on and say... So we had, we had more possession, right? Uh, only by a minute. Mm. We still had more possession. Uh, more, more runs, more run meters, more post-contact meters, more line breaks. Our average. This is from NRL.com. Yeah. Had more in our average set distance, which I think is a is a great stat as well. Uh, it was around you know forty five uh, meters per set, where the Raiders were thirty seven. Um, so like almost every stat in attack, we had we were the better. Um, uh, it was even in tackle breaks. So 
the only thing that the Raiders got over in attack was the kick return meters. Okay, so um, so from all that, what that's saying to me is, is that the creative the creativity of the team is still piss poor. So they're not doing. So teams can have less ball. So the, long gone are the days where you everyone says you've got to complete the win games. That's not the case. It's what no, you Bulldogs, do with the Bulldogs ball. Bulldogs did it for like two it. years. Yeah, Bulldogs did it for two years where they were the highest completing set uh, in the comp. They won it, you know, nearly come last. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, no, and that's what I'm saying is is that the Dragons are still, and and it, this might be a re- reality check for some Dragons fans, is that the proof is in the stats right there, is that the the, the coach and the, the, the captain are coming out in press conference and saying, oh, you know, we're in the game. And I think even before that, uh, at the start of the press conference, Griffin said, you know, we're really tough and, you know, we, we had our chances and all this, blah, 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 blah. But really, the the reality is is that the Dragons had so many chances to win that game, and took no chances throughout the eighty minutes. That they, they they just did it. So, um, and and going back to the press conference thing, if if you look at an NFL press conference, they sit up there like Steve Jobs is presenting a new Apple iPhone, and they're they're, <laughs> they're sitting up there and they they might as well have a, a you know the the laser pen and all that stuff, and they get probed about every little thing that happens. And it, yep. isn't it funny? I, 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 I can't remember the bloke's name, but there's a couple of English journalists that have come over and started writing for different outlets in, in Australia. And you kind of see the coaches and the, the captains going, oh, really? Do you, do you really... Look, we're, we're used to two minutes here. You, you're going to ask us in-depth questions about stuff we did on the field? And, and uh, I don't know. I think it's a waste of time. Anyway, we'll move Mate, on. I'm, oh, yeah. I just want to... I think it's Mike. Is it Mike Wood? Yeah, he's, he's maybe. Yeah, yeah. Mike he's got, Wood, he's yeah. a hyphen or something. Maybe something like that. Yeah, Mike, Mike Whelan would, I think. Um, yeah. And I remember he probed like Trent Barrett and Trent Barrett just gave him a little bit of a whiz, like almost like denounced his question. Yeah, like, like how was, dare you ask me a question uh, yeah. about my coaching? And, <laughs> and, mate, every 99% of people I remember on Twitter were like, that's like one of the most legitimate questions anyone's ever asked in a press conference. And he's just glaze over it and you're like this is where you have your chance to explain yourself and say why you should be in this job probably keep, it's a clear uh, yeah yeah and it would keep yeah. coaches in the job for a lot longer too wouldn't it probably i think so like i i, I would like to see i think if, the, if they're more honest in a press conference you would have fans almost defending them yeah because they're like you know he come in and he gave the answer you know mm. when when then the media then starts attacking the the coach you would ha- you would want to defend your coach by saying no he's he's you know he's honest and yep. you know I, I just think it would change the um, perception a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's move on because we're you know what I'm looking at this time on this uh, this computer here, Dana. Got a bit over. No, 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 no. That's fine. We're, we're going to get through this real quick. But uh, um, the the first time we were on and, and we actually said on the episode that we had major dramas with my very old computer that I used, I used to use it. Oh. New South Wales Cup games, um, where basically it's just it, it's old as hell. I've done a few things to it, and it says available recording time eleven hours forty eight minutes. Dana, how about that? Anyway, yeah, we we might have a few minutes spare. No, I think we're gonna get in trouble if we go too much longer than normal. Anyway, uh, look, I've, I've got a quick point here about um, Amon the five eight, and I brought it up last week. I I thought this. I, I said last week on the Red V podcast episode one six nine. The Dragons were already under pressure. Amon needed to stand up, and and maybe someone at the club, if it wasn't Griffin, someone needed to leave a little note or some stats from Jaden Sullivan's performance that week in New South Wales Cup. 
where Sullivan's been killing it and waiting for his spot back in the Dragons starting NRL team. So a moment on the weekend, according to NRL.com, five fantasy points. Now, I, I, that, that that's the lowest, I think. I think there was a bench player that, that finished with less than that. 12 runs for 67 metres, no assists of any kind. I went to nswrl.com.au to see how Sullivan went on the weekend against the Raiders. 49 fantasy points, 10 runs for 84, two line break assists, one try assist. So what's going on there? I think it's one of the very few times I've ever seen a player have more missed tackles than tackles made. Mm. Um, he's had yeah seven, seven tackles made for eight eight missed tackles, which is unfortunate, but... Um, you look. You look. Uh, that's probably the, one of the big reasons of what was it five five fantasy points. But you know, why not? You know, instead of buying the fourteen, why are we not putting what? Just just make that simple change for one week. You know, isn't try it, it out. Isn't that, so, point, isn't that the point of reserve grade though? If a player is, goes yeah. down, if he comes back and plays well, and the guy in first grade doesn't play well, that's depth. You change your player. Yeah. Because I, I, for me, Sullivan provides that he can play both hooker and and five eight. You can you can shift it around a bit. I know you don't want to be making a change on your five eight during a game, but you know put that pressure on Amon. Like if he doesn't perform, then we're going to pull you and we're going to put Sullivan on, or um, you know switch around and and just make some changes. But we want to see some something fresh. We want to see something different. We're seeing the same thing week in week out. Mm. We're two and four. Mm. Give us something. Give us something. Please. Yeah. yeah. Look, I didn't even have this in my notes, but I just remember this from the, the Sunday game. The Dragons weren't playing very well, and I think it was a Finney try in the corner. And and Amon was having a, he was not having a good game, and he came over, and it, all he did was shift the pass. And Finney did the work and scored in the corner, and he came across and jumped over the back of everyone and, you know, started screaming and, and hollering and, like, you know, they just won a bloody Super Bowl. And I was like, Mate, come on, do something. But anyway, we, we need to move on. That is our match review. Unfortunately, another loss for the Dragons, 20-14 to 14 for the Canberra Raiders. This is episode 170 of the Red V Podcast. You're with Curtis Woodward and Dean Messeter. Jackie will be back in a couple of weeks. Up next, it's the Anzac Day Blockbuster Preview, the Dragons and the Roosters at the uh, Sydney, what is it? Sydney Football Stadium? Allianz. Yeah, I couldn't even say Sydney and football Let's stadium go. together. SFS. It's at the it's at Moore Park. <laughs> yeah, I reckon Let's... Anzac Day. You, you throw form out the window though, don't you? Truly, Dean. Um, you, you look at the history of this game. It doesn't matter where the Roosters or the Dragons are on the table. It just seems to throw up something different. To me, I I, I really. And, and I'm going to throw a lot of this back to you in preview here because, to me, I I don't care about this week for the Dragons. If if they win, I am I, I can see Dragons fans saying, oh, yeah, that, that's a great game. I'm glad we beat the Roosters on, on Anzac Day. But to me, I, I, the first thing I'd be thinking is, oh, shit, how are we going to go next week against Canterbury? Yeah, can they lift again? Or, or can they just find some form and, and back up a big yeah. win against a big club? You got more confidence in this team than, than me this week. No, I, I'm not... look, I, I, look, I, like I said, I, oh, sorry, I, I this I know could be, this could be yeah. 24 all this week. 
Golden Point yep. Dragons win. Sloan scores under the post. But then next week they lose forty to twenty to Canterbury. You know, yeah. like what 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 are we gonna get what are we gonna get from this team this week is the is the big question. Like you know, are we are we going to get what we've got over the last couple of weeks? Because if so, it's going to be a bloodbath. Um, but you're right, yeah. Like they could they could come out of this winner. What what are we going to be asking next week? What are we going to? Be, what's the big questions that we're going to be asking uh, of this team? Whether they win or lose, um, I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm I'm not looking forward to it at all. I, I haven't got many notes on this one. I'm looking at like. Joey Manu in the six going, we're going to get torn apart here. Mm. Um, I look at those back, the back line and just think, holy shit, they're just going to run rings around us. Um, and, and through the middle as well, like, you know, uh, Angus Crichton's back. Um, not looking forward to it at all. But, you know, Anzac Day does, you know, like you say, you do throw a bit out the window because it can, it can provide something, can, you know, boost, boost both teams, a big occasion. But, you're right. Like, even if we win, what are we, what are we asking of ourselves after the game? What are we, is it just, you know, oh, okay, move on. Yeah, um, I, I think the plays for the Dragons and the mindset of this squad is that they all have no problem getting up for this game. They're going to be okay because it's Anzac Day. They're going to be fine. And I think that the forwards will match the Roosters forwards. The Roosters haven't been this good this year. They're, they're, they're pack. They're just starting to get some players back. I think it, it... I don't know if you want to call them clunky or rusty or whatever it is. But at the back end of the game, I think it'll be the same thing as usual. It'll be a Manu flick. It'll be Tedesco off a, a cutout pass or something yep. like that. And and then the frustration will be, to me, is why didn't the Dragons build their game to get Sloan into the match early to give himself enough confidence to be the Anzac player of the game, to get the man of the match. I, I, I think they, I think sometimes the Dragons get lost in what they're doing, and 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 I think they still don't understand how important Sloan could be to this team, to the point where if they if they get it right and they get everything right and they get Sloan firing, and and make him understand how important he is to this team, they are a top eight side. It will take a lot of things to go right. And one of the things to go right is, yep, if you go good this week against the Roosters, you need to come out next week against Canterbury and and win, and, and win those games. The problem for me is, even when it was really tight against the Raiders on the weekend, and it was 20-14, to 14, I had no confidence that the Dragons could create enough to get the win, even though they got down to a metre from the try line. But even against Canterbury-Parramatta on the weekend, with all the injuries Canterbury had, I was more interested in Canterbury, even at whatever it was, a couple of tries down, three tries down, because they looked like they had more football in them because they understood who they were better. Does that make sense? Yeah, yep. Um, yeah, I don't I know. I wonder, like, you know, how do we, you know, how do we get Sloan into the game more? Like, you know, is it is it getting him, like, early ball, like early in the game? Is it getting him, you know, getting him running the ball a bit more early in the game? You know, yeah. you know. Or, you know, I just don't understand. Like, I don't know how how do we do it? How do we how do we change our our mindset of getting him, you know, better ball earlier in the game? Yeah, well, look, uh, the game's come a long way from like you look back at Parramatta two thousand and one, and they if you still look at the records, they got uh, most points, most tries, 
um, a completely mad team. That was just, and when I say mad, as in like they were just all out attack. Just no matter what, they won the minor premiership by a country mile. And they had PJ Marsh and Brad Drew there. But Brian Smith in the grand final against Andrew Johns and the Knights, because they'd been winning all year, they would take Brad Drew off after, you know, it was almost like clockwork, 20, 21 minutes, and bring PJ Marsh on. But that game, because Brian Smith was so used to playing a certain way, they, they were down by three or four tries. He still took Brad Drew off, and PJ Marsh had no impact. Yeah. It's a completely different game now where your dummy half, your best dummy half cannot sit on the bench. He needs to start. So the way you the way you inject Sloan in the game from minute one is to start Jacob Little from minute one. That's your most creativity. That's your most dangerous outfit. It's what the other team doesn't want. And the fact that they keep starting Umbai, like the other the other team just rub their hands together and say, you know, most Umbai's a great bloke, but let's not we don't have to worry about the ruck. Yeah. Because Umbai can't was, feed Sloan through the middle. He just he needs to accept the fact that Umbai and Little, the way he's been playing them over this whole season is not working. Mm. It's it's not gonna work against these powerhouse clubs. It's it's not working against Canberra, who you know, played terribly as well, yet yeah, still no, got over the top shit. of us. They, right? were, shit they too. were shit, right? We were just fucking absolutely terrible. Excuse the <laughs> language. I'm not Sorry. sure if I'm late as well. No, no, no. I think it's the co-hosting. Um, I, I used to drop a few F-bombs as co-host too. Cool. I'll, I'll try, I do try and keep them to a minimum, but, you know, as a passionate fan, you do hear a couple. But it's just, you've got to accept the fact that that is not the right combination, right? Mm. Them playing almost even amount of minutes. It's just not the right thing to do. It's not. It's not working. We're not getting the impact. So where do you where do you find this impact? Bring Bud Sullivan up. He's he's going to he's going to create something different. And he's you know just give him the chance to to do it. Give him a few weeks. It's you know try him out with little. Maybe that different combination is going to work. Maybe equal amount of minutes for him and Bud is is going to work. I, I don't know, but I just it's very frustrating just seeing the same shit every week I, I when. Can... It's yeah. just not good. It's not good. Like it'd be different if yeah we're winning games and it's and it's working. But it's clearly not right. So you need to make a change. You can't just go okay. I'm going to start in by this week. I'm going to start little this week and make mm. a change after 20 minutes or 31 minutes, whatever it is. It's not. It's not working. Make you know we want to see some change. We're all we're saying is shit. Yeah. Look, I, if I was putting my um, head coaching cap on for a minute, it is. What's the most dangerous 17 for the opposition side? To me, if you want to start a moan at six, that's fine. But now, I actually said before, a moan should start from the bench. But if you want to do it the other way, a moan's a bigger body, start Little at nine, have Sullivan on the bench, and depending on how the game's going, if Little needs a spell, you replace him with Sullivan, who's just as dynamic. And if you need to yep. keep a moan on the field, push him into the middle, the middle play him at lock, Get Sullivan on the field. Then imagine a dragon side with Sloan, a at lock, Sullivan at six, Hunt at seven, and Little at nine. That is far more dangerous and more chance of winning a game. And if that was if that was the side, if that was the um if, if that was the rotation or or if at the back end of the game they had those plays in the seventeen where they could do it, I, I guarantee there's more points in that team. But oh, that. It's almost like a, like we have such a, a great young core coming up and we want to see them, you know, 
almost playing together. I, I get jealous when I see other clubs and these juniors coming up and you hear about the stories, oh, they've played, you know, SG ball, um, you know, all this jersey flag coming up and they've, they've played footy, you know, all these years together. And we hear of our players, you know, that have played a fair bit of footy together and things like that. And, you know, they split up and they're not, you know, some's playing here and playing different positions and not getting time. It's just like what you just described then, mate, just gave me a little bit of goosebumps. The hairs are standing up a little bit because I'd love to see it. I, mm. I'd, I'd legitimately love to see what possibly, you know, could happen. Yeah, there's going to be testing times where, oh, shit, it's not, you know, you're going to see mistakes and things like that. But give it time and we might be seeing, you know, some great football, uh, better than what we've been throwing up lately. Yeah, we're going to move on. But uh, my final comment on that is is that the Dragons uh, have gone far past the point where it's okay to get an arm wrestle and lose a game in the last minute. Uh, the Dragons need to be, to be you know, confident enough to, to get their best team out there or their most offensive-minded side out there and just win from the start. But anyway, we need to move on and let's finish up. Before we get to the fan, who am I? which hopefully Dean's been doing some Googling because I've got no idea who it is. Let's get to the fan corner questions. This is 170? 170. Episode 170 of the Red V Podcast. It's Curtis Woodward and Dean Messina. Fan corner questions are next. First Let's... one this week is from Jason. He says, Dino, just add in there for you, mate, so you feel a little bit... Uh... Oh, directed you. to you. What do you think Ben Hunt will do when the axe drops finally on Anthony Griffin? Well, I think he's made it clear that he, you know, he doesn't have the the time to um, go through another rebuild. But he is contracted for uh, what the next two years, mm. so he will be, you know, if he stayed for the full length of his contract, he'd be thirty five. So he would need to get out ASAP. Um, he would likely ask for a release and ask, ask the question. Um, we would be you know, silly to let him go, um, but you don't want to disgruntled player. I don't think Ben Hunt's the type of player where if you said no, he would start kicking and, you know, kicking the, the cones around at um, training, but uh, I could be wrong. I think he would still go out and, and perform at his best. I would like to think so anyway, but let's say if they sack, let's say, you know, the next four weeks, Griffin sacked, looking at an interim coach or, you know, trying to find someone. He's still there for two years. I think, you know, he's there for the end of the year. Um, depending on what the – the when they bring in a new coach, whether it's announced, you know, in August or, or uh, you know, even, even later, um, depending on who, who they bring in. If they bring in, like, a young coach where they're going to go through a rebuild, then he might likely go and say request a release if they bring in someone with a bit of experience, like a – you know, there's talk of Shane Flanagan – um, uh, whether the, the two sides can agree. Uh, he may want to stick around and go, well, you know, he, he might get the best out of the team. He's a bit of an old school coach. He's been there before as well. Um, but ultimately, I think if they sack him, he would be in the off-season asking for, at least asking for a release. Um, whether he granted it to him, uh, that's just our board. I'm not sure. This one's from Tim. Looking at the best coaches in rugby league, they are backed by great front officers, and support staff. If the Dragons um, find the right coach, do they have the uh, the organisational structure? This is my writing. 
organizational structure in place to allow the best coach possible to succeed at the club? No, look, I don't think so. You look at all the successful clubs, you never hear of uh, the the board at all, really. Mm. Um, you, any any top club, you're not hearing of uh, the board and, and what they're saying. What you know, it's almost they're two totally separate departments, and you know the the, the clubs that are going shit house. It's always you know there's board um, board disruptions and things. You look at like West Tigers, us, um, stuff like that. So. Uh, no, I don't think a, a new chance, a new new coach has that chance to succeed. We really need to get our shit organised in the in the front office. Um, should have been done years ago, but I I don't know. I, I've, also, I'm not a huge fan of having um, two. You know, you have to have certain amount of board members from the Illawarra side and a certain amount of board members from the Dragon side. You need to have the whole group, the best who's in. Um, the, the best available people for the job not oh we have to have you know four of these people and four of that people it's just get eight of the best people or however many it is um, and that way you're getting these people that want the best for this club not I want the best for the Dragons I want the best for the Illawarra side you need to get on the same page so at the moment no we don't um, whether that changes who knows this one's from Macca. Why has it taken so long to switch Suley and Lomax back? Lomax is last year's slow, having his confidence destroyed by the coach with the cha- uh, uh, with the change and having Ben Murdoch Masilla trying to defend on an edge next to him. So this goes back to the fact that in preseason, uh, despite the fact that Lomax and Ravalawa had a really good combination on one side of the field, they, they changed them over. Uh, what's going on there? Why would you weaken a spot just to, I guess, try to square up both sides of the field which clearly hasn't worked yeah I, I don't know um, I think you know Sully looked good on uh, on the weekend on that on that right edge so um, yeah I, I don't I don't know maybe you, you're better at answering this one yeah I, look, to me um, from what I can see is, is Lomax was much better on the other side of the field and I, I think the change happened because I think they were just kind of trying to shore up both sides of the field, but it's much more than just doing that. I think they should have kept them both on the same side of the field and just been better at saying, okay, what's the solution for the other side? So what they've yeah. done, they've just they've just really weakened both edges of the field. So, no, it's a good question. Like, like, you, like you said, you, you don't weaken one side um, to strength, you know, to try and strengthen another, right? You mm. just keep the best players in the position. You just want to be big confidence player. Yeah, and Lomax should be confidence player too. So, yeah. said this before, like if he's, you know, misses a kick or um, throws a quick pass, it doesn't, you know, make, meet the uh, the chest of the other player. It's, you know, it, it, he, he takes it pretty hard. So, yeah, just he needs to, uh, you know, stay set. Just do the real simple things early. I know this is cliche. We talk about cliche, but, um, you know, he, he does just to get his confidence up and then he can, he can start doing his little fancy stuff. But until he starts, in, you know, improving in, in those areas, it's, you know, it's going to be a long, long haul. Uh, you know what? If I was Lomax or the club, I'd be saying in off season next year, you know what? Put on another five kilos of, of muscle and just get rid of the flick pass. Yeah. No, no early ball. Just run hard and strike. Just find find your lines, yep. And you could be a completely different player. I, I I think there's too much finesse there, and 
and there's a bit of you know what it reminds me of and, and this might be a, and, and this is not a blight on Bryce Cartwright because he's come good at Parramatta I think there's a bit of Bryce Cartwright between the ears with Lomax I think he's heard too much for too long from outside voices that, that have told him yeah mate you're going to be a gun you know you're really good at your job blah 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 but it hasn't it hasn't you haven't seen it on the field I, I don't know what it is but anyway let's move on uh, last question for uh, fan corner questions tonight this comes from Michael uh, after seven rounds, we've won two, been flogged twice, and lost away by six or less. I think there was a, a Redcliffe and Canberra in there too that I think that's what he's getting at. Uh, the goal kicker has hurt us. That's Lomax. We were tipped for the wooden spoon. After uh, The season is 27 rounds with three buys. It means we've played a quarter of our games. What does our re- report card say after first term? Mr. Teacher, Dean Messida. Oh, geez. Um, D minus, I would yeah. say. Um, yeah. Very, very low. Um, yeah, I think he touched on, you know, the goal kicking has hurt us. I think when, uh, you know, if you're in a game where if we, like last week, where we scored a try and then it was 20, 20 to 14, um, if we had a couple, of, a couple of goal kicks there, it's, you know, 20 to 18. And we're thinking about that game a little bit different, like where a try wins the game, not we have to score and convert to, to tie it up. There's a different mentality there. So um, I would say our, our mentality going into um, late, late in games, like we had that fall out of uh, the, the Broncos uh, was terrible. Um, so I, oh, you still there, mate? Sorry. Yeah, no, I'm here. Got my kids bloody messing around on the phone. Um, yeah, I would I would say, you know, um, we need to, you know, concentrate on the back end of games. We sort of, if you're looking at a school term, um, drifts in and out, daydreams. Mm. Um, I, I would say that we uh, not concentrating as much as we should be. And, you know, really need to, to be honest, just concentrate on some of the simple things because we are making really simple errors that, you know, we, if we, I don't know, six less errors there in that that uh, Canberra game, we win it. Um, so, you know, we need to be concentrating on some of these simple things. Um, concentrate, less daydreaming, um, concentrate, and, and like I said, yeah, concentrate. I can't say it enough. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it reminds me a little bit of my uh, my primary school reports. It shows potential, but lacks lacks attention to detail, and um, you know, it really doesn't. Doesn't give a shit about the end result, really. I think. I would say we don't work well with others either. So. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get to the end of episode one hundred and seventy with Curtis Woodward and Dean Messeter on the Red V podcast. All right, let's go. The fan, who am I? What did you come up with, Dino? What What year did you say this person was born? Nineteen forty nine. So the only person I've got, I went straight for that. That, that I thought that was an easy one to find out, right? Born in nineteen forty nine. Little bit, one person that played for the Dragons that, that um, was born in 1949. Mm. And that was Lindsay Drake. All right. Well, all right. Well, but that, that's what we're going can with. Can you say, no, but what, what was the other stats? Can you give me some stats? Uh, born in 49, graded in 69, and he played four seasons of first grade, uh, 14 games for the Dragons in three years, and then one game for the Magpies in 73. Yeah, well, he only... Uh, where is he? Lindsay Drake here. 
No, he, he played with us and Manly, so it's not it's not him. Right. But that's the only player born in 1949 that played with the Dragons. Okay, well there you go. We've been stumped. We've been stumped. We have been stumped. Fan, I've, the first I've... fan who am I question? That's good. That's good. That means that someone out there is going to get it. They they might already have it, and they might already be uh, reporting that back on Podbean or through the socials. But we do not have it. That's good. We don't. That's good. No, that's good. That that's uh, a great question tonight, and that's a really good fan who am I question tonight. Uh, Dino, thank you so much, mate. Um, everything went well. Um, all the technology worked. Thank we, you so much for, uh, for being with us. What what's your really quickly because I didn't get to this before in the the match preview. Really quickly, your prediction. The Anzac Day, Dragons and the Roosters at Allianz Stadium. A, a quick prediction for that game. Do you want the my honest answer here? Well, okay, I want the I'm Dragons. Hoping. I want your Dragons answer, and I want your honest answer. Well, Dragons answer is we win this game. It's going to be a tight one. I'm thinking like 17-16. Nice. Um, I, I can see a Ben Hunt field goal, the crowd erupting um, with... 10 seconds to go, that, that magical Allianz crowd on Anzac Day, one of the greatest traditions in our sport, and, you know, just be fantastic to see that happen. My honest answer is we're walking out there with 50 points on us. Ooh. I just don't Isn't see that, it. I that, just, no, I don't. That, that is truly, I reckon that's how most Dragons fans are thinking about their club at the moment. Like, honestly, come, yeah, come at me on social if you think I'm wrong <laughs> in that, because I would legitimately, I want to know, like, it's a true, honest. If you're telling me your honest Dragons uh, prediction for this against the Roosters on Anzac Day, the way we've been playing, if, you know, it's it's Roosters thirteen plus easy. All right. And by the way, Dana, I am going with that Jonathan Thurston title for the podcast tonight. By the way, go for it, mate. Yeah, I've, beautiful. I've, I love I've, it. I posted it on the clip. I was like, hey, with all due respect to her mum, his mum, she can get stuffed <laughs> because oh, mate. <laughs> Give me Jonathan Thurston in the mid two thousands at the Dragons every day of the week, please. I'm just going to do a, a quick Google and health check on uh, Mr. Thurston's mum before I do that. But Dan, no, no, I... don't worry, I, don't worry. I already did that. Before did I you? Posted the comment. <laughs> I did. Hundred percent. I did not. Hey, I was like, uh, we're, good, we're good modern day journalists, mate. Correct. You do not want to make that mistake <laughs> this day and age. Dan, thank you so much, man. It's been a pleasure, and we'll speak to you next week on episode one seven one of the Thanks, Podcast, mate. Talk buddy. Soon. On behalf of Dino, my name is Curtis Woodward, and in the words of Jack Clifton, who will be back very soon, let's go, those mighty dragons. Sports Social Podcast Network.